welcome to episode three of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn thompson Rule, and today I'm speaking with the lovely Claire Maxwell. Now Claire suffered with anorexia for some time and today's conversation is really about how it started, when she realized she needed help, her treatment and really her recovery and where she is today. Now when I look at Claire today, she's strong, she's fit, she eats well and she really, really does want to help people that that may be struggling and don't have anywhere to turn to. So at the time of recording, Claire didn't have any websites or any places to look off the top of her head, but since then she has recommended beateatingdisorders.org.uk to go and have a look. Claire is also very mindful that on Instagram, there's a lot of pro-eating disorder pages, which she doesn't recommend, obviously. But she said that there are also some really, really good Instagram pages out there. So there's at Recovery Warriors, and she says that's full of amazingly positive affirmations for no matter who you are. Dr. Colleen Reichman, and also Binge Eater Confessions. So there's some Instagram pages you can have a look at. I hope you enjoy the show. Claire has also very kindly offered for anybody to get in touch with her if they have any questions. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Claire. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Very good. All good. Good. Good, good. Um, Claire, a very quick intro. Just um, tell us uh, a little bit about what you do and where you're from. Cool. So um, I'm Claire Maxwell. Uh, I'm 33 and I live in London, um, where I've lived for about 12 years. Um, and I work, uh, my full-time job is I work in the music industry. Um, I head up international marketing for um, a major record label, which is a, a lot of snazzy. fun. Uh, it, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is. It's just a lot <laughs> of spreadsheets and, to be honest, late nights, but it's good. Um, okay. And then as my little side hustle, I'm a CrossFit coach at CrossFit City Road as well. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um, so we met, I think, I was just asking BJ this actually before I kicked him and Bjorn out to record this. Um, <laughs> I, th- I feel like we met about three years ago. Would that be right? Is that how long you've been at CrossFit City Road? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. When I, exactly. Was I pregnant with Bjorn at the time or no, he was, had I just had him? Yeah, he was toddling around a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and, but, but since that time, um, I've seen you just get fitter and, and stronger um, as an athlete. And now, obviously, you're a coach, which is amazing. So congratulations on that. Um, but I know that um, this is very much a new relationship that you have with your body so I wanted you just to to talk a little bit about that please sure um but yeah I know I I have been doing CrossFit and and been a member of City Road for about three years now which has been incredible um and you're right I my relationship with my body has and you know and eating and everything like that hasn't hasn't always been like that um from the age of about 16 um I suffered with an eating disorder and I was diagnosed I think I must have been 17 um with anorexia um uh-huh. and uh i think it it kind of started i guess as like a diet and giving 15 and losing puppy fat and kind of finding yourself and it just really spelled out of control um to the point i went to my gp and, and i got diagnosed um and to be honest at the time it wasn't it wasn't as prevalent like i'm 33 now so obviously this was yeah. quite a while ago um and it wasn't as prevalent as as it is now. Um, okay. So I think I I was I knew what it was, but kind of also didn't. Um, yeah. But obviously, yeah, this you know this thing I had, and I, I had to deal with it. So um, I was then an outpatient um, in a eating disorder facility um, okay. close to my um, So I did that for I think it, it was about a year. Um, I was never an inpatient, but. But I went there every day for about a year. Wow. Um, okay. Just to kind of, re- yeah, refeed myself and didn't try and get on a on a better path. And you know, I, I did make the the weight that was was deemed healthy for my height. Um, uh-huh. But I certainly don't think that it actually dealt or got rid of of any of the problems that I had mentally with my relationship with food and, and my relationship with my body and. Um, yeah. Although I did maintain a healthy weight, I certainly had a, a really bad relationship with food and, and my self-esteem and that sort of thing. And if I'm honest, that 
carried on way into my 20s. And, okay. um, you know, I think I definitely on the outside looked fine, but there was a constant battle in my mind about food like every time it came up. And, and I think there are definitely moments in the 20s where I reached, again, not a, a really low weight again, but I kind of, before it spiraled, I kind of stopped myself um, and kind of put myself in check. And so I definitely never got as bad as I was when I was 16, 17. Yeah. Um, but there were definite moments that were definite low moments. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my 20s. And then I think I joined CrossFit City Road um, when I was about 30, like 29, 30. Yeah. Um, things really changed from that. I, I, I was a member of Gym Box and I was doing a lot of the, um, like the hit classes and that sort of thing. So, you know, I still always like fitness. Like when, when I was a teenager, I was a ballet dancer. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I was in the, the English youth ballet. Okay. Um, and that was very much part of, part of my problem. I don't know. Okay. Um, but so I've always been into the health and, and moving. I was never into sport at school ever. And my parents still find it hilarious <laughs> that I'm any kind of coach. If I could avoid sports day, I, you know, I yeah. would have. Um, you know, so I was a member of, of gym box and, and one of the instructors was like, oh, you know, City Road is, you should try CrossFit. I think you'll really like it. Um, so me and then one of the other who went, Emma, who's now a coach as well at City Road, we went to a free trial on a Saturday um, and both of us got hooked straight away yeah. um, because it was, you know, amazing experience. And then um, over the months, you kind of sign up to two classes a week and then three and then you end up doing yeah. five or six. And, 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 you know, I absolutely loved it. Um, so that was really the start of my... Okay, amazing. Okay, sorry, I'm just writing notes here furiously. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go back a little bit. So um, just um, for me, I was kind of thinking about like, you know, I guess, was there ever a, a trigger with the, with the eating disorder? But from what you're saying, it seemed to be like something that sort of perhaps started, um, you know, being a little bit of a thing, maybe, you know, every a uh, 16 year old girl is thinking about how they look and maybe thinking about what they eat and uh, but but you know something that can start as just something as simple as that to then sort of spiraling completely out of control um and what um so you you said that you know you you, you were kind of mindful of what you eat and what you ate and so on what do you feel like was then the next bit where it became a little bit more than just watching what you were eating or, or thinking about getting rid of that puppy fat. Um, skipping meals. Okay. Skipping meals. I think it was, um, I'd be home and I'd have breakfast at home and then I'd take a pack lunch to school or, or sit home at the time. Um, and that would be thrown okay. straight in the bin. But genuinely, and then I'd be home and, and I'd have dinner at home. So, outwardly especially to my family and, and probably to everyone else right it was fine um and yeah but i i have images of having like like a tinfoil sandwich or whatever and that going straight in the bin right i walk okay school. um you know just that's definitely i think one of the points where it started so it would be a day of have breakfast then nothing yeah. then dinner um and that's a lot like nothing during the day when you're in school and rushing around and I was still dancing, um, there's a massive calorie deficit. Um, and then it was definitely that. And then I would, if I then had a part-time job at the time as well, so I'd get home late and I'd tell my parents. Right, okay. Kind of, yeah. So there were the odd nights that happened too. Um, so it definitely started with going on a diet, watching what I ate, not even going on a diet, to be honest, just not having a bag of crisps. And, and having a healthier snack and, and that sort of thing. Like you say, any kind of, I guess, 16-year-old who's been developing yeah. and finding yourself does. Um, it's not like I ate badly anyway. My mum always made amazing meals. Um, but it was kind of, you know, oh, I'm not going to have a pick-up and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then it did become the skipping meals yeah. and then avoiding. What, what, gave um, you the, what gave you the idea to... 
to throw the the lunch in the bin like when did you when did that become a bit of a oh I'm just gonna not eat you know because it's definitely a a very specific thing right I'm absolutely not eating this I'm gonna throw it away like when, when did that become like a good idea what what kind of sparked that I think because I had started losing that puppy fat and changing and then I also changed schools to okay um sixth form that was then opposite a boys school so there was that element of there are boys hanging around and close by but and you start getting a bit of attention yeah um and going, oh, it looks so well and right. then you're like oh I'm saying I look well because I've lost weight I'm gonna yeah. carry on doing this right 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 and right right I remember the thought process of I'm just not gonna eat I think one day it was like Maybe I'd buy a mistake, skip lunch, and then realized I could do it, and it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I carried on doing it. I okay. Think that, that was- okay. Okay. Um, and tell me a little bit about um, the going into the the out. You were an outpatient um, for a year. What was what was that like? Terrifying. Yeah. Awful. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. It was absolutely awful. So, I remember. The exact moment I knew I needed help. Uh-huh. Um, my dad particularly had a drive, um, and I was pulled into a junction, and I was trying to change the gears, and I couldn't do it. Wow! Because I just drank. Wow! And I completely broke down. My dad was like, "You're not okay, are you?" Because obviously they'd seen, you know, they know yeah. that as a parent. You're trying, but you have absolutely no idea what to do. And it's one of those things, unless you want to help yourself, there's not really anyone else who can. Yeah. Um, and you end up arguments and you have to eat and all this sort of thing. But my dad went, You're not okay, are you? And I just shook my head and said, I'm not. And, you know, the second he got home, he called our local GP and who you know we've got a good relationship with. And then I went in to see him and he was like, Listen, I, I want you to go and, and see this case um i want you to go and see this mm-hmm. person um i think you know this is what your problem is um they'll be able to put their diagnosis they'll you know take all your measurements and yeah and your weight and that sort of thing um and they did and that was awful because i was also super, i think i was oh uh, like this is terrifying but about 35 kilos whoa okay wow yeah. okay I'm for perspective. I'm five foot four, um, and I currently weigh fifty kilos. My God! So, okay. um, God, I was oh my ab- goodness. I was absolutely tiny, yeah. um, and they were trying to take my blood, and because I was so dehydrated and, and so thin, they couldn't even get a vein. Okay. Um, so you know there was there was a, a clear problem, but because. I knew I wanted to get better because I was so miserable. Okay. I was so happy. Um, I knew I wanted to get better, but they were like, you're going to have to come in. You're going to have to be impatient. I said, I'm absolutely not doing that. Yeah. I'm, I can't be on my own. I know I'll be miserable. I promise you, if you let me just come in every day, I will do exactly what you, you tell me to do and what you want me to do, but I'm not staying here. Yeah. Because I around and I was like, I'm not like these girls. Yeah. And at the time it was, women but it, it, it's just what it was at yeah. the time um but i'm very aware you know men men have exactly the same issues with candy um but i you know i looked around when they were showing me around i'm like i'm not like these girls but i obviously yeah. was because you know we all have yeah. the same problem um but uh, you know i said I'm, I'm not i'm absolutely not and um they agreed um so, so that's what i did but i hated every second I think I actually went to two places. There was one place I went to for a week uh-huh. um, and it was really, there were a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not going to get better here. It's, it's like, they're just, I'm miserable here. It's going to make, it makes me feel worse. I kind of like hid myself in a corner until mealtimes and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So I eventually ended up, um, thankfully my parents had private health insurance yeah. at the time. Um, so I was able to go to the priory very close to yeah. where my parents live. So they took me every day and it was me and basically one other girl um, who was, she was an inpatient, but she'd been there. This was her fifth wow. time. 
and I I do remember sitting there just being like, I'm not like this. I want to get better. I never want to come back to a place like this again. And and this other girl was was doing all the the tricks like she did the eternal beating down, so it was cold in the room. So she'd shiver more and um would in her head burn more calories and you know, you could see like calluses on her knuckles where she tried to throw up wow. and that Gosh. sort of thing. So it was very mm. scary. I guess it, I, I, it was like so, so vivid. Um, so that was, it was shocking to me, but also almost I feel spurred me on to be like, I really don't want to be like this. I really never want to come back to a place like this. Like once I'm better, yes. that is it. Like, I'd also had to take a gap year. Like I'd been accepted into art college, but obviously I was in absolutely yeah. no state to go to university. So I was forced to take a gap year, um, yeah. which, you know, was exactly what I needed. I needed that year to yeah. fix myself. Um, so, you know, I could go and I could carry on with my life. So I was very lucky. Um, and I also had um, a boyfriend that I'd had in school um, who was really, really supportive. He was away at university in Leeds, um, but we've been together about a year or so um, before then. So I was really lucky that in my life, yeah. I obviously had very supportive parents. I'd uh, been allowed just to be a day patient. I wanted to go to university and I wanted to be able to go to yeah. be able to visit my boyfriend and, and have that life yeah. that I really wanted. Um, so that definitely helped, but it was so hard. Yeah. It was Horrible. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds. It, what's interesting, just listening to you talking about it, is that whilst at the time, obviously, you were physically very weak, mentally, you mm. were incredibly strong to have made the decision. This is this is once this once I get better, I am not going back to to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I was thinking about, um, you know, you talking about again that kind of aha moment of you know being at school boys in the school across the way oh if I, people are commenting on how I look if I just ditch this lunch then that's going to work well for mm-hmm. me so that being quite a cool thing to um the point at which then you as you say when you knew or, or, or when your dad saw was able to to communicate with you you know you need you need help um because you weren't physically strong enough mm-hmm. to change the gear stick um between that time of, of ditching the lunch and and speaking to your dad w- did you feel like i need help but i don't know how to get it because you know for your dad to say like did you feel like you could go to your parents and say i need help or was it that moment when you realized yourself actually i need help when did it go from being fun this is a good way to to lose weight and look good or whatever to it just being a really horrible thing? Um, I, I, it was a long process. I mean, I have, it was probably about an 18 month process of like starting to lose weight and just being 16 or whatever to the point yeah. where I had lost myself. Um, I think any time before speaking to my dad, it wasn't that I didn't feel like I could go to them. I just don't think I understood what was going on. I think yeah. the eating disorder had, it takes over. Like it absolutely takes okay. over higher personality. Um, and, and also biologically, I think you get to such a low weight, your brain doesn't work properly. Um, yeah. So your genuinely aren't your own um, because your body kicks into survival mode. But um, yeah, it, it definitely became, it started becoming an obsession, like calorie counting, um, mm-hmm. I actually, uh, maybe like 18 months ago, I, I went home and I was looking through like little old books and diaries I had from the time. Mm-hmm. I would write down every single thing I ate. And, but I, but when I say everything, single thing I ate, it was about 400 calories a day. I'd like write mm-hmm. down a slice of tomato and an apple. And a that a slice of eat. tomato, did you say? Yeah, just a slice of tomato. Oh, um, okay. and I, you know, I took cuttings out of like, Cosmopolitan magazine where they'd write about diets and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and, and it was a clear obsession but a secret as well like no one knew I was doing that um, uh, but I don't think I ever thought I couldn't go to my parents or speak to someone I just didn't know what to do or I don't think I understood Yeah. Um, but I was miserable like 
I think in the latter stages, I do have notes um, in that little book that are like, I'm feeling really sad. I'm really desperate. I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, and so I don't think I understood what was going on. I didn't understand what really an eating disorder was. I kind of was just really, really sad and yeah. really miserable and definitely out of control. Yeah. Like it, from something that starts off as a way to control things mm -hmm. that I can control what I put in my body, mm -hmm. it became something that was absolutely the opposite. Like I wasn't in control of, of what was going on anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think any time before that moment in the car, mm -hmm. I probably, like if someone had come to me and said, and forced me to go to the doctor, mm -hmm. um, they've seen it happen and it would have been well within their rights to, to make me do that and make me go see someone. Yeah. Um, I think that would have helped me at the time because I wasn't ready for that. Right, okay. like I, was, I hadn't expected that I, that I needed help. I probably would have been, super stubborn um i'm just like no i'm fine like leave me alone i'm fine and that may have made it worse i don't know but also that mindset that's the the stubbornness of i'm throwing my lunch in the bin i'm mm -hmm. not gonna eat i almost i feel like i almost took that and spun it and was like well i'm i am that stubborn that i am just gonna get better and i am not gonna be that girl who comes back yeah. four times um so it's almost that kind of that mindset yeah. flipped and I think from what I understand a lot of people who, who do get to that stage where their eating disorder is that bad a lot of it there's a very similar mindset in a lot of the people that you know are diagnosed it is that very strong-mindedness um that kind of can either help or really you know make them very unwell um but, you know, but then when I set my mind to getting better, I was like, it's absolutely going to happen. There's, there's no question. It's going to be really hard. And yeah. I'm going to want to give up, but I'm not going to. I'm way too stubborn to yeah. anything like that when they kind of yeah. life anymore. So it's taken over for so long. And I kind of look back now and I'm like, oh, my God, what did I put my parents through? What did I put my boyfriend at the time through? Like, I absolutely can't believe it. And I, I kind of feel guilty mm -hmm. for the selfishness as well. But... Obviously, it, it, like I said, it, it yeah. was, wasn't yeah. me doing that. It you was know, something else taking over and, yeah. and taking over care. Like, that's you know that's obviously yeah. Because equally, it could it could go the other way, couldn't it? So if you um, did become an inpatient, then you were also surrounded by a group of of girls or guys um, who could then almost encourage one another of ways to keep the weight down or, or whatever it, whatever it is. Um, whereas you went in, saw everybody and said, I'm, I'm not that even though you were them, but just saying, you know, I'm not them, but I sort of feel like, um, I don't know. I, I, I statistics, I, I don't know what they are now, but, um, I know that for example, when, uh, when I was at school, uh, girls in girls school, girl, uh, girls only, only girls school. Sorry, yeah, get that out. Um, uh, things like uh, any any kind of eating disorder was was more prevalent in a in girls schools. Um, and he, uh, for me, I sort of think about it of like, well, one friend's doing it, and then they tell another friend, and then you know that can affect the whole the whole group. So um, yeah, it's just it's just interesting that you you looked and you said, okay, that's definitely not me or you certainly saw a difference between between you and them um but of course it could go the, yeah. it could go entirely the opposite way as well oh my gosh and it does i thank every day that i wasn't a teenager or this wasn't happening i wasn't 16 now because yeah. there is on instagram they're called pro anna okay they're basically pro anorexia accounts yeah and there's blog everything that give you tips on how to lose weight, yeah. how to hide your eating, how to hide how thin you are. Yeah. And that absolutely terrifies me. Yeah. Like I don't know if I'd be alive if that was around, you know, mm. like I don't, I don't know what could have happened, mm. but I, I certainly, that wasn't something I, I looked at. And obviously again, it was a long time ago, so there's no Instagram and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I don't know how, 
girls, men, anyone does it now with kind of, you see on Instagram, all these people with their ideal lives and, mm. and these, you know, anorexic men or, or women kind of giving you tips on how to make yourself thinner. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with, with, I mean, is, I mean, is that a, I've, I've heard someone else told me about um, this hashtag pro Anna before. And I think I, I looked, but I couldn't find it. So maybe I didn't type it in the right, in the right way or whatever, but I, I sort of feel like, is that not something that Instagram could take down or is that kind of, I think they, you know, not respecting people's human rights or like, I think they do actually. I think um, they do, but I imagine the volume is incredibly hard to keep. Up. Yeah, and I also anorexics are really, really sneaky. Like it's yeah, it's what we did. You're sneaky, so there's yeah. gonna be ways, and there's going to be you know secret ways to have this online and, and have these blogs and stuff. So I think yeah, I, I imagine, and I actually I do believe that Instagram, you know, do try and find those accounts and, and try and take them down. Um, but there's, there's always, they're always going to be there. There's always going to be a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because definitely, you know, again, when I was at school, I, I don't even think I remember anyone actually, um, that I felt may have had, um, an eating disorder, you know, the way, like I feel now in schools, it would probably be a little bit more obvious, but back then I sort of didn't know. And, and, and then it just kind of makes me think about, yeah, that time that we're in of, of, you know, uh, kind of various platforms like Instagram showing you, um, you know, what fitness looks like or what, you know, the ideal body looks like, um, when, you know, that it's, it's kind of like, I, I always feel like, think about how fitness feels rather than how it looks because we are so physically different and you see sort of various programs of these incredible, you know, transformations. Um, but I sort of look at some of these transformations, women in particular, and I'm in my head, I'm like, you know, are you still menstruating? Do you still have your period? Because that's a problem if you don't. Um, and it doesn't matter how good you look, but if you're, if, if you start to mess with the hormones, then, then that's then a real big issue. So it's kind of like we've become so obsessed with how we look at any, any cost, um, and that, that's, that's what frightens me about, um, Instagram and, and, and various platforms like that. But I, I, you know, they're here to stay. And of course, and there are a ton of benefits, you know, to them as well, but it's just, I, I now think of yes, impressionable young girls, um, and guys, because of course, you know, anorexia or, you know, any sort of eating disorder is, is now increasing in guys as well. Um, yeah. It's just like, whoa, well, they, you know, all of the needs are served. So even if you feel alone, um, you know, in terms of your family or your friends or whatever, you've got a whole world out there that you can just connect with online to feel like you're a part of something, even if that, if, even if that something is, is, you know, damaging, um, yeah. and not, not good for your health. Um, Claire, how many, so, so you were, again, you know, your sort of mental strength, which, which you've, you've had throughout really, um, which is amazing. Uh, and thank goodness. Um, how many people do you think want to get better? I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot that I think. Do you want to, but also have that internal battle of, which I had as well. What if I start putting on weight and can't stop? Right. That's okay. a genuine, like, I want to get better. And yeah. what if I, I'm never going to stop putting on weight? What if, what if I get fat? And genuinely, that's like yeah. a, a genuine, like, I'm going to get fat. And, and that. Okay. Yeah. But I think, oh gosh, I, I don't know if this is a really awful thing to say. And, it, and it, I, I don't know, but I think. From documentaries I've seen, some people almost enjoy the state of anorexia, like and being labelled that, and quite like that. Label. Okay, I don't think want to get better. Um, mm -hmm. 
so I, I do think there's, I think there's that. I think there's there's people who are like like that that bubble that because it's almost like you can stay away from reality. Like this is your little bubble, and, and you don't need to do anything else. Like this is this is your life. Um, mm. I think there are a lot who really really do want to get better, but they are yeah. really stuck in a terrifying cycle of, of putting on a bit of weight and going back down again and because anorexia and those things have, have taken over so much. Um, yeah. So I think, not that I'm unique, but I, I do think that the fact that I didn't relapse properly or completely, I think it's actually quite rare. Um, I think relapse is a very real thing that, I mean, I could still relapse now, like, you know, 15, 16 years on. Um, mm -hmm. It's still kind of, it's still there. Like, I don't, it's almost like what they say about alcoholics. Like, if you are an alcoholic, you're always going to be one. It's just how you live with it. Mm -hmm. I think I will always be anorexic or have okay. that element of it inside me. It's just how uh -huh. I deal with it every day and, yep. and how I deal with those battles. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, I think deep down everyone does want to get better um, when they are in that state. But I just think they either don't know how or they aren't ready or they get to a point and then kind of freak out and kind of want to go back to their it's almost like a little safe space yeah like your little controlled and a, like your little controlled eating disorder world yeah almost sometimes get safe yeah and stepping out to the real world because also obviously when you're that underweight you can't work you can't really socialize you you don't really do very much uh -huh. but then it's that the scariness of but when they do but on weight and get back to normal life, I actually have to go and deal with normal life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably quite daunting as well. It's like, oh, we're going to have to work and, and socialize and, and, and do all those things. Whereas if I'm in my little little bubble, I know what's here. Yeah. I know what's safe here and I can control this. Whereas when you step into the big wide world, you, there are things you can't control and that's really, really scary for someone who base everything they do around being able to control yep. um, But I can't speak for everyone. And I, I don't want to speak for everyone. So I think people do have completely different experiences. Um, but I think just talking from my yeah. own, that's almost how it is. Yeah. Because I know um, one of the things on one of your um, posts when you were, you were un was, it, was it just before Christmas? You were unwell? You got sick? You had a... a yeah, last, yeah, last summer. Last summer. Um, I got... Yeah, I got like norovirus and I was I was really ill for about like two weeks and yeah. I lost a lot of weight. I lost I think maybe like five or six kilos. Yeah. Um which it for someone who in my almost like previous life losing that much weight would have been the best thing in yeah. the entire world. Oh my god, in a week I lost six kilos. Yeah. Um but I couldn't train for ages and that absolutely devastated me. And I lost like, I lost like my little bum. I was like, yeah. I've lost my bum. Now. I mean, <laughs> it was a good book. <laughs> but you know, that was, that was scary. But there was also that battle of, okay, I want to go back to training. So I've got to put weight back on. But I, but there is that thought again of, but what if I keep putting weight on? Yeah. What if I start eating more and I go back to beyond where I was before I lost weight when I was sick? And so, yeah, for me, with that mindset of in my old life, losing weight is a good thing. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, no, I don't want to lose weight. I'm going to lose my gains. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a massive battle. Yeah. Um, so it actually, it wasn't an easy process, but I think what definitely helped was that I couldn't train yeah. and I, I didn't feel my best because now after, you know, three years of training and, and getting my eating or my nutrition right while I'm eating, yeah. um, I know how good I can feel. Yeah. And it really upset me that I wasn't feeling like that and I couldn't do workouts that normally I'd be really good at, like deadlifts and box jumps are my favorite yeah. things and I couldn't deadlift what I normally yeah. do. Um, so I, 
that definitely spurred me on but it was a very weird battle in my head that was i want to put on weight but then i felt guilty for wanting to put on weight because my other mindset is no losing weight's good losing weight's yeah. good yeah um so, it was very it was very so it's something that's because that that was so interestingly that was one of the questions that i had down to to um ask you originally you know is it something that is that is you know, still there a little or uh, still there a lot. And then having listened to you over the past half an hour, I, in my head, I was like, oh, no, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's totally gone. But just, you know, now you said, no, it is, it is something that's always there. And, and also the idea of putting on, you know, putting weight back on again or, or putting on more weight, that, that that's something you know, at the back of your mind, that's like, but that could spiral out of control. And what if I put on, you know, too much? And so it's, you know, when you were talking about that safe space or that safe place, it's fully in your control, even though it's, you know, out of control in, in, in many respects. And, and, you know, you felt helpless at the, at the time, but it's, it's controlling it before things get out of, it seems like a way of controlling things before things get out of control and, and that out of control being putting on, you know, too much weight at, at some stage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, gosh, so just so, so interesting listening to, well, yeah, there are two minds, right? There's the, the one that's kind of there a little bit and that you really have to, to work with. And then there's the kind of who you are now and who you've become. Um, and, and that sort of getting stronger all the time and you're, you know, and I, and I've seen this over the, the three years that I've known you, you're an incredible athlete and keep getting stronger and keep getting fitter, but knowing what that mental process is for you outside of, you know, what is the mental process of, of training hard and being disciplined as an athlete, you're working against so much more and that's still a a delicate balance sometimes at the at the best of times so it's um yeah it's just it's just so interesting listening to you talking about it um tell me a little bit um also about so again i'm going back to um you being an outpatient um Mm -hmm. what what's that treatment like there what do you what did you do there like when you when you went every day what did Um, that involve it i would go in And honestly, there wasn't a lot. And I imagine it's very, very different now because I think at the time, not actually a lot was known about uh, treating anorexia and and kind of beyond just getting someone to the weight that is a healthy BMI. I actually don't think a lot was known about it. Um, So I didn't do a lot. There was a lot of sitting around watching TV um then okay. they would offer uh like meditation um sometimes i would okay. go to in the afternoon but it was meditation it wasn't just for people with uh eating disorders it was whoever else was in um the prior at the time so you know it could have been anyone with, with any kind of issue so it wasn't specific um and i remember going to a couple of those but didn't really do very much and then there was one counsellor there um, who was a woman who she had had an eating disorder um, when she was growing up, so she became a counsellor now, which is obviously amazing. Um, mm. And just a couple of like a couple of afternoons a week, she'd come in and we'd have a chat. Um, but it was just a chat rather than like a proper sit down therapy session. Um, you know, she would just be like, you know, I recognise what's going on, like just understand that I've been there too. Um, and that sort of thing, but there was never any kind of, and this isn't a, a par on, on them at all, because I think at the time there wasn't that much known about, you know, exactly what to do in recovery should be included. Um, mm-hmm. but there wasn't ever any, like, we're going to help you deal with this. Like, we're going to help you deal with this in the real life. The focus was really, we're just going to have you eat and okay. weigh you once a week. Um, yeah. And if you tick the boxes that you're um, putting the weight on, then that's great. Um, yeah. And so it was just, I would eat breakfast at home, which is what they told me to eat. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, my mom and dad made sure 
that I ate that and then I would go in and things lunch would be at 12 and their, their idea was that they would give you what they described as like normal meals so say a, a, a curry but they would put basically extra butter or extra cream in okay. so it would be that you had normal food but the portions of sweet um you would have normal food um yeah. and puddings but they add extra in because you had to, to put on more um so I just, I just remember a lot of sitting around, if I'm honest, sitting around and eating. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, therapy-wise, I don't think there was, for me at the time, I don't think there was anything that was really very useful. Um, yeah. But I think I was in that mindset of, I just want to tick the boxes and I want to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I was given that when you get out of here, when you stop doing this, then this is how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're in this situation, this is how you're going to deal with it. And, you know, there was never the trying to understand my thought process. There was just very much a, did you, you know, have you had issues at home? There was a lot of that. And I'm like, right. no, I didn't have issues at home. I know what happened. It was a diet yeah, that yeah. came out. But you just spiraled and, and quite, you know, there was no major incident at home. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I don't have a bad relationship with my mother, yeah. and it, it, it wasn't any of those things, yeah. but I think it's quite easy to pinpoint yeah. that. Um, and I'm sure that you know, people do have situations that do happen to them, like a, a, you know, a bereavement or something, and, and controlling what you put in your body is a, a way of being controlled when you can't control anything yeah. else. Um, and to be honest, you know, I actually. Uh, you know, saying that, you know, this is the battle I still have, um, like, every day. Uh, it's true because, like, I recently, like, a couple of months ago, I like, went, went through a breakup, and my instant reaction was, I'm not okay. going to eat. That's it. I can't control what's going yeah. on around me, but I'm not going to eat. And I, I didn't eat for three days, and I'm, I'm 33, and, you know, um, and, you know, all the stuff I said about wanting to train yeah. and that sort of thing, my instant reaction to the situation I couldn't control was okay. I'm yeah. not going to eat them. Like and and I don't like I you know I was just I was obviously devastated and um my reaction was okay cool yeah I'm not going to eat yeah I can control that like that's one thing to do with it. After three days, I snapped myself out of that very very quickly and was a okay cool. This guy's done this to me, but I'm not letting him ruin like my training. I'm not letting him ruin my work. I'm not letting him ruin how good. I yeah. feel about myself so I again I that control into something a bit more positive and it didn't last yeah. more than three days but it's you know like I said that that side of me yeah. is definitely still there that okay well yeah definitely. yeah yeah it's, and it is it's just that it's that I know I, that this is something I can control right now in a situation that I'm uh, you know unable yeah. to control right now you know what I mean it's uh yeah wow and just yeah amazing that it that it was only you know three days and you 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 know came back out of it just uh yeah amazing amazing um when you so, so you you talked about when you came out of, of the um outpatient center uh, after a year and you know there wasn't any advice as to you know where do you go from from there and um, what what were your own next steps how did you determine how you were going to move forward after that to be honest, I bumbled along in a probably very unhealthy way. Um, I probably still wasn't eating properly. Like I, I went to uni and, and I did what everyone at uni does. I partied a lot and, you know, I went out with yeah. friends and no one eats very well at university. Like you just don't. But I definitely was underfeeding myself because I felt I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, hit the target weight and I'm going to stay here but I don't really know what I should be eating and when and so it was a lot of just I actually ate a lot of snack food like snacker jacks became quite a staple so although I <laughs> okay. hit target weight I wasn't eating very well um mm -hmm. and so I think I just kind of like fumbled along throughout university and um, when I started working, I, I skipped breakfast, um, and I would have lunch and, um, 
I think that'd be like salads and, and that sort of thing. And, and maybe the same for dinner. And um, I would avoid carbs. I definitely went through that phase of avoiding carbs because carbs make you fat. Mm -hmm. um, they don't. Um, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And, and genuinely, that lasted about 10 years. Okay. I'm not even kidding. There was a lot of, um, I would eat sometimes because when you eat like a bag of Snacky Jacks, you know how many calories are in there. Yeah. Um, so I would still do that. I would still do, I'm going to have a bag of Snacky Jacks or rice cakes and have a protein bar on the side and I know exactly what's in it yeah. and that's what I'm going to eat. Yeah. Um, I actually, one of my friends told me this, I lived with one of my best mates, like, I don't know, seven years ago. And I would have, the corner shop would sell a giant bag of popcorn, mm -hmm. um, like a bowl of popcorn. I would eat a bag of that for dinner. And that was only six wow. years ago, like yeah. not even that long. Um, so I was at a normal weight. And if I'd have to go out for like work meals and stuff, yeah. I would do that. Um, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. But that wouldn't happen a lot. So so when I wasn't going out for dinner with work, um, and if I wasn't poor or something, it's really easy when yeah, you're yeah. taught to not eat. Um, because, you know, everyone's picking and, and yeah. they're sitting down and, and kind of eating normally. So it's kind of really easy yeah. to survive like that. Um, I was fumbling along, not because I was particularly trying to lose weight. I think I was just very lost. Um, I, just, I just didn't really know what to do. And then I joined Gymbox and, and started um, going to more classes and stuff. So I would actually... Yeah. I would be really hungry. Um, so, well, actually, like six years ago, I did the seven years ago, I did the London Marathon, um, and that was an amazing experience. But I imagine <laughs> if I did it now, I snatched my time. Because you're so strong now, girl. <laughs> but you know, I wasn't right, and I, I mean, you know, my diet then was you know, the bag of popcorn in the evening, and that's yeah. something which is just wow. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so and. Uh, yeah. You, you said so before you said like you were on was it 400 calories a day or something like that what so once you what then so when you're having your kind of popcorn in the evening how many calories were you do you then feel like you were having 1200 okay because i think in magazines that's what it says in the old mags yeah 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 okay okay um yeah about 1200 um and there wasn't, but you, but you, had, you not, hadn't been given that um, nutrition advice as to the types of foods you should be eating and to, to, to you know, be yeah. healthy rather than it just being these, these are the calories that you need to, that you need to, to get, which of course on, on so many of those snacks, it's, it's, it's not, you don't even have to look on the, on the back. It's, it's on the front, isn't it? Telling you, it's, it's so easy just to. Just do that and be like, yeah, I'm getting my calories done. Um, and now what does your food look like, Claire? Oh, my diet's great. So when I, <laughs> when I started the road, I was probably still underweight. I was definitely under 50 kilos. Mm -hmm. um, I was that cardio bunny. Um, and I still secretly am. Like, I still love an engine workout. <laughs> like, that's my thing. But, uh, in a different way. Yeah. Um, I was saying a lot of like hit and, and that sort of thing and and definitely for about a year into city road i was still kind of like suss myself out um and then tom one of the coaches posted that he was going to write nutrition plans you know he was going to do a like a three-month nutrition plan with a couple of members and and he had to write in and, and tell him why you'd really like his help and i'd obviously i'd never spoken to tom about my history and, and that sort of thing um but i told him i was like this is my situation. This is, um, you know, this is my history, and and I still don't feel that right now. Even though I'm training and getting stronger, I'm I'm feeding my body with what it needs. Like I was avoiding carbs. Like I think my diet was better. Like I would still have like I would actually mm -hmm. eat proper meals, but none of them had carbs. I didn't be like right. and some greens, and that would be um, that would be lunch and dinner, and then I think the breakfast would be rye bread with, mm -hmm. with nut butter. Um, but that was, mm -hmm. that was pretty much it. Um, so I was definitely eating better as a result of starting CrossFit because, well, one, I was really hungry, um, and two, I could feel the benefits of, of what, yeah. was, you know, what was happening. Um, but Tom basically revamped my diet. Um, 
So one thing I told him was like, Tom, if I get fat, I'm going to, because you're making me eat carbs. Works out. He's like, yeah, I promise you, you won't. I was like, I'm trusting you because you look good. Trust a man that looks good. I'm trusting you, Tom. And uh, he was like, listen, like, I'm basing this on, on what I know about you and what I know of your training. And um, so for, for breakfast, I'll have a couple of eggs and some fruit and avocado. Um, for lunch, I'll have um, some, maybe some like chestnuts and some butternut squash for my carbs. Um, I'll have lots of greens and then some kind of fish. Yeah. I, I don't even eat just out of preference. Yeah. Um, so I just really like it. Um, so I have a lot of fish and eggs. Um, and then I'll snack on like almonds. I have a lot of almonds and, and pieces of fruit if I'm, if I'm feeling hungry. Um, I'll have like a protein shake and a banana and probably mix some nut butter into my protein <laughs> shake as well because everyone loves almond butter. It's the best. Um, and then for dinner, I will have like a big bowl of greens with, with some salmon or something like that. Yeah. And then a Yay! lot of potatoes, like a lot. Great. And I, remember like two weeks in but i looked at all this and was like oh my god look at those potatoes i'm gonna be bloated. and i wasn't at all i after two i was like whoa and after two weeks i was like mom every time yeah. i eat it feels like it's going to the right place he's like yeah i know i was like can't can't the devil like this is wow. amazing and within two weeks i pd'd all my lifts and I'd had so much energy and my hair looked better and my skin looked better. And, um, and my yeah. favorite moment was, I think I was at Farringdon and Stephen said to me, he was like, Claire, just saw you. She says you look amazing. I was like, oh my God, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> just says you look amazing. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> oh, bless you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, you do, and that's ever. I think I can't remember what post it was. One post that you put up recently, and your butt looks so good. I went to put my hand right into my phone and grab it. Um, yeah, well, you do. You do look uh, incredible, and um, yeah, just seeing you go from just from strength to strength has just been so cool. And you, well, you're just such a such an amazing member of City Road, and of course now a coach as well, and just because of your history you have so much to offer to so many um guys and girls of just you know what you can freaking do when you have a bit of support and you know you're headstrong as fuck as well um but just yeah just watching you is just, is just so amazing and so incredible so i just yeah i'm i'm very thankful that you that you um happened upon uh, CrossFit City Road because obviously you're you're now you know a part of of my life as well obviously you know married to BJ and so on and so forth and and come along to your classes and so on so it's 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 just really really nice um so well done you Claire um but um, I guess what would you have to say to um people that are um yeah trying to work through um eating disorders where you know what what would your advice what would your advice be and and particularly to those who um you know want for for training to become a part of their life because obviously you you trained but it wasn't until you had had those conversations about tom the scary conversations about more potatoes <laughs> and so on that actually then there is that yeah. real jump um for you so yeah what, what what advice would you give um for anyone who feels like they're really really lost and don't really know what to do talk to someone there is so many people out there now and it doesn't need to be as scary as going to the fiery like i don't i don't think that's necessary um completely for everyone i think if you are struggling talk to someone there are so many incredible outlets there now and, and the internet can be a, a bad thing with the programmer stuff but it can also be absolutely incredible um as a channel for help um and also realize yeah. you're not alone. Like you're not on your own here. Like people do really, really understand. Um, and people can come talk to me. Like I, I've been there in every kind of phase of this thing. Like from the really bad yeah. to the really good to, to relapsing to, to all that sort of thing. Um, 
and you know if you are on that journey to to getting yourself better keep going it's yeah going to be moments probably every single day that you don't want to eat that meal but coming out the other side is actually you've got more control than that than you do if you go back to to letting the eating disorder control you and life is so much better without that taking over like it's life is so incredible and there are so many amazing things there that when you're in the depths of an eating disorder just you, you can't have you don't have because your eating disorder has taken over so one talk to someone whoever it is like it's actually yeah. totally okay to open up and i never did that and i i didn't do it for a very long time i think only in the past three years have i ever spoken to anyone about my eating disorder it was still my secret for a really long time and now i'm really open about it because i think it one it's healthy for me to be able to talk about it and and it's really healthy um for other people to be aware that you, you can come out the other side and and have this really really full an amazing life and um definitely just to talk to someone keep going as well like keep going you're gonna want to give up but just don't absolutely yeah. don't because what's on the other side is absolutely incredible and and if you're starting your fitness journey you don't want to be this person but crossfit is amazing <laughs> like and it's amazing because the the fitness and, and everything else and the perks of being able to lift stuff and that sort of thing is great. But my favorite thing about CrossFit and training and, and the fitness community, so maybe it's not even CrossFit, mm-hmm. is the fact that it's such a community. I have made friends for life yeah. now. And in my 30s, it's yeah. quite amazing like to make a whole incredible group of friends that um, are my support network on my life that made my life so full that made me so happy that I walk into the gym and I see my friends and that's such a great feeling and um you know they are my support network and I, you know if I'm feeling really low like again the breakup it's like the first people I spoke to yeah were my CrossFit mates and they're like mm. we've got your like don't worry about it you're, you're doing great if you want to talk to us and um so it's yeah. so much more than just going to the gym and and lifting stuff I actually you know, people go, oh, I just spend so much time in the gym. I'm like, yeah, but I work out for like about half an hour. But the rest of the time, I'm hanging out and talking to people. <laughs> you know, like I'll do a seven minute workout and it will be great. But then after that, I'm just hanging out with my friends. <laughs> and, you know, the focus of my life has become so much more than what it was 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, the world's love food and, um, and how I look and, I definitely still have those moments where, you know, I am conscious about how I look, but I think I see my body in such a different way now. Like my warm up weight for my clean, like when I'm when I'm warming up my clean or, or my dirt, is thirty five kilos, and that's what I used to weigh. So it used to weigh, yeah, my goodness. And I actually remember that every single time I warm up, like yeah, every single time I put every single time I put ten kilos on either side of that bar. And can move it really easily now. Like it's not mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I remember that that's what I used to weigh, and that's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, and terrifying as well. Yeah, no, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think this process needs to be. It was a long process for me, but I don't think it actually. You know, it's been really good for just twenty years, and it doesn't need twenty years. And I obviously had really amazing moments, and I still live my life and still progressed in that time. But I've just. Mm now found my happy place like i found yeah. my you know, my passion and my love and um i've found myself as well like i'm just really content yeah. and i think that is due to the my fitness journey quite a lot and so i'm really really grateful for like for, city, for that community like for the city road community and yeah you know um i am so grateful that i walked into the gym that day and yeah amazing and i think i mean i i have to say like um city road is as a as a there are so many lovely lovely people there and there's you know big props to the hubby and tom and vastos for for creating a really um good good community that they that they care about but it's it's uh yeah i always sort of look on and i'm just like yeah it's just such a lovely 
space to be amongst you all, which is, which is really, really nice. Um, and just, um, going back a little, um, to, you know, you mentioned that there are websites out there. Are, are there any in particular that you would recommend? Are there any books? Are there any, uh, I don't know, uh, people that uh, people should listen to that, you know, in terms of getting help or, um, if I'm honest, I don't know. Um, uh-huh. but I can definitely like, actually after this, I definitely will look some up uh, yeah. because I imagine there's some incredible podcasts and that sort of thing out there of people yeah. talking about their experiences and, um, things that you don't have access, like that I didn't have access to, um, at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot more really positive things on the internet, um, out there than like, yeah. more negative. Um, so I think definitely speaking those out and, and seeing people who have come through the other side and can really understand what we're going through. Um, yeah. uh, but I will actually, and I probably should have made a note to, to do this, like for myself, like out of interest to, to see kind of what is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. But, but like I said, I'm absolutely more than happy to myself to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely like any time. Um, yeah. because I do understand and, and I know what it's like to feel super, super lost, but not necessarily wanting to talk to someone you're really close with. Like sometimes having that outside um, outside ear is really useful. But either way, whether you call your doctor or, or find a therapist or find someone online or whatever, I think talking um, is so, so important. Yeah. Um, but the second you put something like that out there and out in the universe, it really, really helps you yeah. Um, really help you move on and, and talking to people is great yeah I, I definitely avoided asking people for help for a really long time um, and I don't think you should because no one's ever going to judge you or think twice like, yeah you, speaking to someone incredibly strong yeah it's really strong yeah and what's what's the future for Claire oh gosh I don't know um <laughs> your, more TVs and you know I, I do want to continuously become um, you know, a better coach and, and inspire more people. And, and it's genuinely my favorite thing to see new people, like new members in the city road gym, learning something new or leaving or coming out to me after class saying, Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. And, and leaving with a smile. And that is my favorite thing in the entire world. So if I can do more of that, I'll be yeah. super happy. And then, you know, Aside from all my training stuff, I do have a full-time career, which I, you know, I absolutely love. And I think yeah. um, almost the fact I've got my nutrition in a really good place has made me better at my job because I'm way more focused and I've got way more energy. And um, yeah. you know, So I want to keep doing that. I think I have found, and I'm really lucky, I've found my little happy place. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful because I actually think that CrossFit and City Road and its community have actually are the reason that I have been able to do that. Um, yeah, if I can carry on in my little world that I've created, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And Claire, thank you because you've offered um, so graciously for people to get in touch with you. Um, yeah. So how can how can they do that? Um, so I'm on um, Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. Claire Tastic, so yes. C-L-R-E-P-A-S-T-I-C. Yeah. Um, and I'm on there so just drop me a note there yeah follow me and yeah you know, we can have a little and you know go from there yeah amazing 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 claire thank you so much this is as we spoke just before we recorded this i was saying to you i've never actually spoken to you um about all of this before and actually i don't think i, I know i've definitely had um you know one or two clients that have been very honest with me when when kind of you know I've asked them about their diet and all that kind of stuff and they've said well I you know I have suffered with bulimia in the past or they've been very honest and open about that but um it's not something that we've that we've ever kind of gone into um in a in a deeper way because it was something either that at that time wasn't affecting them um and it wasn't necessarily something that I felt needed to be probed more into mm. because I felt that they're in a space now where, where they were trying to sort of move forward. So I've never actually, um, you know, kind of sat down and, and spoken to somebody, I guess, so in depth about it. Um, so thank you so, 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 so much for just being so honest and so open. Um, and like I said, just, you know, from 
what you said about getting better and um, it just sounds like it was just such a a trying time that it would have just have taken so much uh, mental energy just to keep going and to keep moving forward so yeah you're, you're absolutely amazing so thank you so 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 much for sharing that um, and I, I do hope that, that anybody that is listening um, that would like um, some help or somebody to talk to um, uh, doesn't hesitate to get in touch with Claire because she's fabulous um, so please do that <laughs> and um, thank you so so much thank you for listening Claire thank you so so for, much for sharing okay. and um, I'll probably see you at the gym yeah we will <laughs> cool my lovely have a great day thank you so so much thank you